Welcome to Coffee Pods, a 15-minute coffee-length look at one of the difficult issues around the Christian healing ministry. So plug yourself in, pick up your mug of coffee, and let's go. Welcome to this, the sixth in the series of Coffee Pods, as we've been looking at the Christian healing ministry. In fact, if you've got any questions of your own about the Christian Healing Ministry, we're going to be dealing with those in the last few coffee pods before summer. So do please send us your question to info at acornchristian.org and we'll do our best to give you an answer. But today we're going to look at the significant question of the relationship between church and medicine. It's a really significant question for us because it's part of ACORN's DNA. Bishop Morris Maddox, who started ACORN in 1983, had a really strong passion for praying Christians and the medical profession to work together. So can I start by saying that no one in ACORN is ever going to tell you that because you have been prayed for, you should not take your prescribed medication. If you have been healed, then your doctor would confirm that. It's not our job to tell you about your medication. In fact, no doctor is going to make you take medication that he doesn't think you need. It's unethical, it's irresponsible, and in our days it's far too expensive just for the sake of it. But ACORN does maintain very good relationships with medics. It's because some of our staff and team, past and present, have been medics, but also because we seek to keep ourselves involved and informed so that we can help others too. Now, the relationship between medicine and ministry is probably much closer than we might first think. Miracle and medicine are not in opposition They are actually both the working of God. But I know that there have been some uh, faith streams who've said that if you take medication, you're not trusting God. And some have refused medical treatment. But that's not really how we see it. Uh, Funnily enough, uh, this issue of the relationship between the church and medicine is the only time I've ever been thrown out of somebody's house on a pastoral visit as a church leader. But a little bit more of that later on. Firstly, can I thank all the medics? Can I thank you for your time and dedication and your hours of study and sacrifice and for the significant amounts of money you've invested in your career so that you can serve others? In fact, can I thank all who work in the health and caring professions, whatever you do, from admin to anaesthetics, from maintenance to maternity, we are all incredibly, deeply grateful for all that you do. But the church has had a long history in caring for the sick and infirm. From Jesus, there are 72 accounts in the Gospels of healings and exorcisms, some of them very public indeed. In Acts chapter 10, when Peter 
is explaining uh, to Cornelius uh, with his family and relatives in Caesarea. He talks about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. But into early Christianity, Christianity provided some very innovative forms of health care as well as spiritual healing that figured quite significantly in Christianity's appeal and expansion. Early Christians nursed the sick to emulate the healing ministry of Jesus and to express God's compassion. And during this time, um, missionary outreach to the sick was a very powerful witness, particularly in the epidemics that ravaged some of the ancient cities and gave Christians opportunity to demonstrate their faith and their service and, of course, supernatural healing. So things like in 165 AD, the Antonine Plague, or in 250 AD, the Cyprian Plague. And historians have pointed out that quite elementary nursing would have greatly reduced the mortality rate. The simple provision of food and water would have allowed people temporarily too weak to care for themselves to recover instead of perishing rather miserably. It is entirely possible that Christian nursing would have reduced the mortality rate by as much as two thirds. So then you come to healing in medieval Christianity. So you have the monasteries and, and the abbeys, the, the health care, the plants and herbs, the treatments and tonics and basic caring for the sick that the church provided. In early modern Christianity through the Reformation, in fact, John Calvin's framework for Christian living fueled debates about miracles and, and new ideas about Christian health and medicine and science. As Western Christianity began to explode, the 19th century saw a great expansion of uh, mainly Protestant Christian, Christianity. Western missionaries shared ideas about the social implications of, of the gospel, of salvation from sin, but also how that impacted uh, the whole person. And as medicine and science developed, and as Christianity coincided with that, as they discovered things like asepsis and anesthesia and infectious diseases, a whole range of hundreds of medical missions uh, grew up serving the whole person, body, mind and spirit. Now, yes, with modern technology and advances, uh, science altered the way that many Christians came to think about healing. In the 18th century in Europe and Britain and North America, um, Christians changed their views in response to discoveries, for instance, like electricity. Um, and the practice of healing also changed um, as, as some healers opened the way for divine power to enter believers as, as what they saw as an electrifying force. 
In fact, it might surprise you to know that one of the first proponents of the compatibility between electricity and divine power was John Wesley. So you then come to, you know, today, the, the Pentecostal charismatic movements, as well as other church streams who have partnered in prayer with medical care. And of course, that's because we are whole or holistic beings. Um, Paul writes to the Thessalonian church in chapter five of, of 1 Thessalonians, and he talks about, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, and goes on to say, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There was this tripartite view of humanity. And of course, what we've discovered and what others have discovered, and actually in a real sense, what medicine and medical care have also now discovered is that you cannot just treat one part of a human being. In fact, treatment in one part may well affect the other parts because we're whole beings, body, mind and spirit. And even in the NHS now, your faith uh, perspective is taken into account. Various uh, studies have been done to find that people who have had prayer or have a strong faith have a stronger ability to recover. Now, I'm not a scientist, so I haven't read up on that, but it's, it's interesting that they're taking that into account as a factor in a person's recovery, particularly from surgery. So you can't treat one part of us without impacting or in fact embracing all the other parts of us as well. That we are more than machine that needs repairing. We are heart and life and emotions and mind and will and faith too. But the other factor, of course, is that the body is essentially a self healing organism. It's the way that we were created. So if you cut your finger, it bleeds and then it clogs up because the body is trying to find a way of healing itself. And in a sense, med medicine helps support that process when the body is struggling to do it for itself. And actually, so does prayer for healing. I've come to the conclusion that Prayer for healing is either asking God to supernaturally speed up the process he built into us for healing, or we're asking him to create something that does not exist. Both of those are valid. So how did I get thrown out of the house? Well, I visited somebody um, because somebody was concerned for them. And when I met them, they told me that they were trusting God and had decided that they did not need to take their medication any longer. Oh, and by the way, it was pretty obvious that I was being told this information quite a few days after they'd stopped taking their medication. I did suggest very gently that the person should carry on with their antipsychotic drugs. And perhaps, even though I would pray, they should go back to their GP if they weren't feeling good about it. To which I was accused of not believing in God, not having any faith, 
in fact, of not knowing God at all, and was summarily dismissed with the words, get out of my house. You are not speaking from God. And I was literally escorted through the door, which was closed very firmly behind me. It was a very odd moment to stand on a closed door as the pastor of a church. But it shows that miracle and medicine work together and that medicine and church must work together. In fact, I have a friend who prays over their medication daily before they take it. So, do I believe in God working miracles today? Absolutely. Am I praying for them? Absolutely. And I know that the church is not always where it should be when miracles are needed to take place. But actually, we can get better. And God uses every possibility and option to relieve suffering. But I know that God uses both means to bring healing and both are in the wisdom of God and a closer look and a closer understanding, more faith and more fact is helpful. But all that said, what I've discovered is this, that whatever is said in surgeries and consulting rooms is not necessarily all of the story or the end of the story. In truth, it's not really over until the Lord has spoken. Proverbs twenty twenty four talks about a person's steps are directed by the Lord. And when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, arguing the finer points of the law, Jesus replies to them in Mark twelve twenty four. He says, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. And so we have a great relationship with the medical profession. But I also know that it's not over until the Lord has spoken. Let's pray together. Father, thank you today that whether we are on medication, whether we are undergoing medical treatment, thank you that you are with us and that you are present with us. Thank you for all those who have cared and do care for us in the life that we live. And we thank you for the provision of incredible wisdom and incredible advance and study to help life. But Father, we also thank you that it's not over until you've spoken and we trust ourselves into your care today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Coffee Pods today. We appreciate you giving us the time. If you've got any comments or questions, then please do let us have them at info at acornchristian.org and we look forward to meeting you again.